This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3415 for Friday, the 3rd of September 2021. Today's show is entitled Hacking Stories with Reacted, Part 3. It is hosted by Operator and is about 14 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is I talk about some old, old, old pen testing stories from days old. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. This is another episode of Redacted Hacker Stories with your host, Redacted. I'm going to go over, um, still driving here, so um, you might hear some vibrating of when people send me messages. Anyways, this one should be pretty quick. It was a insurance company or like a big data company. Uh, I think it was a medium-sized company. Um, and it felt medium-sized. It could have been huge. I don't know. They all kind of blend together. Um, the, the engagements and the experiences are all different, but they, the companies blend together, and it's, it's kind of funny. After a while, I mean, I've been doing it for a while, and, and after a while, they, they, they kind of start blending together. You can't tell what client goes with what issue you found, and they all kind of start blending together after a while. And you can only remember the experiences, but you can't match them to the client or the person or the whatever. So, which is probably a good thing, um, because I shouldn't be disclosing any of that anyways. Anyways, it's a pretty decent medium, size, it's, it's a large client, um, and it was after hours testing, and I had a new guy with me, he's kind of green, kind of shadowing me, he knew some stuff, but there was a lot of words, not a whole lot of uh, talking, I mean, it's actually pretty good, he was actually pretty technical, um, as far as the some of the other skill sets we had over the course of the, uh, over the, course of, uh, the last few years doing this stuff. So, um, we start our testing, we do our scans, um, I find a system, he's doing something with databases, I can't remember, he finds like a default database login, and we're going back and forth, and I'm trying to kind of half help him, but at the same time, I don't have the time to like, sometimes when I'm in the middle of an engagement, unless I've, you know, got complete domain admin, and I'm running around with, with the keys to the castle, I don't have a whole lot of time to, um, to spoon feed people. So what I'll do is, is I'll kind of like help a little bit where I can, but I said, look, let me try to finish this up and I'll help you out. So anyways, trying to help him with some kind of database thing he found, which is probably ends up being nothing. I think it ended up being nothing to little, but I end up finding a older system with either again, default login or MSO8067. It's like a 2000 box, Windows 2000 box or something. So, uh, I, I drop, I drop shell on it. I log into it, remote into it. I start looking around. It's got two interfaces on it. One's like a 10 dot, and the other one's like a, you know, for example, 172 dot. So we're talking about two different interfaces on kind of two different networks, which I thought was kind of odd. 
Um, so I fired up some other tools, utilities, um, ended up getting some uh, MS cache hashes, which are, I think, equivalent or a little bit less, uh, a little bit less strength than um, NTFS or um, NTLMV1. They might be on par or a little bit more complex, but they're definitely crackable, right? This MS cache uh, hash is actually crackable. So I get some MS cache hashes. I'm looking at those. The the names, the usernames don't match up with any of the clients. So when you're on a domain, you can say like, you know, if, if it's Bob, Bob's Burgers, you know, the guy's name is Bob's Burgers, you can do like B Burgers and say what, is he, is he an actual username, right? So none of these usernames matched up with the AD that I had access to. So I knew that it wasn't a, a I think I had, uh, I had spray credentials across the network, and I'd gotten some access, but this particular computer that I had originally exploited was was suspect for some reason. It seemed it seemed kind of odd. So, oh, crap, I need gas. So, uh, it seemed kind of odd. So, I'm pilfering around, looking around. There's two different NICs. I'm like, wow, this is some kind of jump box of some sort. This is a different network, almost. Um, wasn't really thinking all that much about it. I thought it was just some proper segmentation. Maybe it's a development network or something like that. And that's what people will do. People will put other interfaces on a system and call that segmentation. Um, it is segmentation, and it's sort of physical segmentation, but at the same time, if I compromise that box and it's connected to another network, it's not physically segmented, right? It's physically segmented from the standpoint of the interfaces are two separate interfaces, but if it's on the same computer and there's a management network and a, you know, Bob's network, then that system is a jump point for, for the whole network. So I get that MS cache, I crack it, one of the passwords for it, um, ends up being, I think, a domain admin account, or I spray those credentials across the domain and, and get domain admin. So I, I'm still trying to figure out where I'm at. I see all the security stuff, and I don't see anything about the company. I don't see whatever insurance company here. I don't see data. It's just all this security crap, like all this monitoring apps and going through the, the, the applications and the users that are logged in. They don't match up with anything within the company, and I'm, I'm kind of starting to get confused. So I think the next morning we're still there, or that night we're still there. Um, and I say, look, you know, I go up to the client and I say, look, I don't understand, you know, help me understand what this box is. It's this box here, it's sitting on the network, it's got this IP, um, I've got these usernames, I've got domain admin, and I don't know what it's for. It's, it's, there's several other computers on there and it's doing stuff, but I don't know what it's for. It, it doesn't, it's some kind of management network that I don't know about. Well, come to find out, uh, he tells me, the client says, oh, well, you know, that's, that's our security vendor. I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, we pay for them to watch our stuff. You know, like one of those, I don't know, you know, whiz-bang, you know, threaty McThreat washer things. And they, they put a sensor on your network and then they, you know, notify you when something bad happens, right? So this is their security vendor that's in charge of monitoring their network, which we just compromised, which is pretty bad. Now, how, how deep that could have gone, I don't know, because I didn't, I didn't chain all the way down to the, the top level of the tree or try to pivot through that. I just knew that I was somewhere weird and that I should probably figure out what, what's going on before I kind of keep digging. I thought it was more of a... 
it was more of a, am I, am I somewhere stupid and this doesn't matter? Or is this really important? I had no idea that I might be in a completely different client's <laughs> network, um, which is not, not good, um, at all. So I, I tell the client and he's like, oh, it's kind of funny. You know, that's just our security vendor. Don't worry about it. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of floored in my, my face is white at this time because, you know, he kind of, he kind of shrugs it off, but you know, for a fair amount of time, I, my heart stops because when you cross over to a different company, um, engagement letter or get out of jail card or not, you've essentially compromised the system that's not within scope. You've gone out of scope at that point. Um, and, and most people will recognize that, you know, if you compromise a box and that box is part of someone else's system and they're sitting on the same network, it's kind of in scope because it's connected. Um, to that point, everything on the internet is in scope because everything is connected to everything. Even your SCADA systems have internet. Don't tell me that because I know they do and they have DNS and all that stuff. So to say that something is air gapped, that's very rare. People will say things are air gapped. They're not actually air gapped. Um, so that's, that's something that you just have to deal with. So anyways, I'm, I'm, my, my heart stops and i my, I'm sure my face goes flush because I'm, I'm flipping out thinking lawyers are going to get involved. Something's going to happen, which reminds me of another story I can tell you guys. Lawyers are going to get involved. Something is going to happen. And I'm going to get, you know, in big trouble. I'm probably not going to get fired, but I'm going to be in some kind of big trouble for this, um, potentially. So he blows it off. Uh, I tell my manager, my manager talks with the client. I mean, this guy, this guy, this manager is awesome. He would in kind of a weird, creepy kind of, in a weird way, he would, he would, he would be like, go here, here's the company, be here Monday morning at nine, let's meet at the Starbucks, and we're going to hack this company, and no scope, no, like, rules, like, we, the rules of engagements are so high level, they were just like, we're just going to come and tear up your shit, so, you know, sign here, and he did, he, he just, like, I don't, nobody else had the ability to, um, what is going on here? Nobody else had the ability to scope these types of projects out where it was so open-ended. Um, so he, he was able to give us some pretty good scoping. But anyways, I talked to the manager of this project, and he, he just thinks it's hilarious. He talks to his the client, and everybody's cool. Everybody's fine. Everybody, nobody, and I, and I notified the client, said, you probably want to let them know that there's another domain admin rummaging around in their, their you know boot network, whatever it is. It's probably minimized, and, and it appeared that way, that it, it was maybe only for maybe that client and maybe a couple of other clients. I don't know. I didn't even rummage around enough to, to figure it out. But um, at the end of the story, at the end of the day, I lucked out. Um, nobody got in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. Everybody thought it was hilarious, and I thought it was just one accident waiting to happen. It could have easily gotten into a big lawyer kerfuffle and I'll probably go into one of those I don't have a whole I don't have any time left but I'll on the way back home I'll probably do one so that one was pretty pretty interesting um, I'm trying to think of anything else that came out of that assessment that was that was funny and or interesting um, that was just the first time I realized it like dude you gotta like pay attention when you're doing these type of assessments because you might compromise a system that's not even yours even though it's connected to the internet and connected to the network just because it's connected doesn't necessarily mean that it's in scope and that you know if you you compromise a system you want to look and make sure that you're actually supposed to be there and even with inside of applications sometimes the data with inside of applications might be out of scope so you're poking at an application that's talking to a third party 
that you're not really supposed to be talking to. So, for example, CRM systems, um, before I bail on you, I'll give you another quick one. We had a big, huge company, massive company, um, and that I was doing, we were doing some work for, and we were there for a, something completely different. I don't even know if it was, uh, a f- it wasn't, it wasn't for, it was something out of scope. So I, I, the reason I found out about it is that their process to onboard a new person was to, to go through this CRM tool, content management system or whatever. So you had to sign up and you sign up. And then when you signed up, they added you to all these groups and users and it kicked up all these other processes and automated all this stuff. Well, what I noticed is that the CRM for this huge company um, allowed me to, without any authentication... I, I could request a user, go into that email address of that user's account, activate the account, log in with the username, and with one, I don't even think I needed to log in, I think I just did a post request with the, the I think it was two post requests, so I'd log in, and then the second I would request um, in the CRM, it would let me get to the user's table, and within that user's table, I could dump every single email, every single first name, last name, which is all on LinkedIn, um, single email, first name, last name, more importantly, uh, the phone number of that person or persons, and then the actual, um, managers, uh, their manager, which is very important for, uh, you know, um, phishing attacks and, and, uh, and, 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 and impersonation and all that stuff. So that's a quick one before I'll wrap up here. Um, that one was kind of interesting, um, and that's also part of a different story I could tell on the way home too. Um, I, I've got two more stories to tell you, but um, that one was that one was pretty funny uh, because we were there for a particular reason, and I, I talked to I talked to my boss and kind of made a joke about you know putting it on the public internet. And for a second there, he actually believed me that I was going to place it on like some kind of public public forum to, to for him to look at. Um, and, you know, uh, after realizing that I'm not that crazy, um, uh, that I would, that I would work with him and, and, uh, see if how we want to notify the client of this out of scope item that wasn't necessarily part of the client's, uh, infrastructure, but it was part of their processes and was a kind of, uh, a recon slash passive finding, but to said, Hey, I can see the first 500 users. Okay tell me the first 10,000. Oh, wow. I got up 10,000 users. Okay. Tell me 9999999. And I get like 160,000 usernames, emails, names, managers' names, and phone numbers. Um, um, so of the entire company, not just uh, the specific subset of that company, like the entire freaking company. So um, that was a quick one. And I uh, hope you guys find these interesting. I'll do two more. I've got like an hour and a half ride home, and unfortunately the audio is going to be horrible with these, but, uh, you know, um, I'll do some magical audio processing on them, and hopefully they won't be too terrible. Cool, cool, man. Uh, Hope you guys uh, like it. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. 
Eka Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.